DJ John Doe, this is Southern Vanguard Radio, and to the left of me is my man, Cappuccino. Cappuccino me. Eddie Meeks, twice a week. What Mr. up? Mr. Meeks, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, you know, this is a little different for us. Yeah, how you feeling over there? You all right? <laughs> well, it's it's appropriate. It is. <laughs> it's very appropriate. It is for uh, the gentleman that we have on the phone yeah. tonight. Yeah, we on so, some real drink champ <laughs> shit right champ now. Because <laughs> you just got through testifying to how faded you were, and I'm two sheets to the wind, my goddamn self. So this gonna be good. Two sheets or two sheeps? Two sheets. <laughs> Don't start. Oh man! Oh, good God! So, uh, so, 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 for the for the listeners that don't know, yeah, uh, you know, we we record this uh, mix show and this interview session twice a week, or once a week actually on Sundays. Mm-hmm. It, it comes out twice a week actually. Yeah. So on Tuesdays we have a mix show. On Thursdays we have an interview session, but basically more or less we record it in one night. Right. So generally speaking, the interview happens Gen- generally. Gen- gen- generally. <laughs> Speaking at the beginning, we started off with the interview, and then we record the mix show much, you know, at a much later time. Yeah. So you know, usually the mix show is a little bit livelier than than the interview session, just because of you know around here we drink bourbon. So yeah, yeah. Anywho, that is uh, and great beers. Yeah, it, it's in reverse tonight. So yeah. J fifty seven and Kataya were here for the mix show, hanging out tonight. Shout out to We've them. already done the mix show, and now we're getting into the interview session. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, this is a little bit different for us, but that, that, you know that's all right. Yeah, so, and me- we both high as Cootie <laughs> Brown right now, so it's about to go down, man. Exactly, it's about to go down. Exactly. So, uh, for those of you that are listening for the first time, because you're a fan of the person we have on the phone tonight, uh, this is Southern Vanguard Radio. Twice a week, Tuesdays it's a mix show, ninety minutes to two hours. All the latest and greatest hip hop joints. Hopefully, probably you haven't heard them. Uh, that have been released in the past week, uh, getting cut up, sliced up by myself, my co-host Eddie Meeks here. No doubt. And then on Thursdays we have an interview session. Could be an MC or producer, or um, somebody you know, behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, behind the whatever. scenes, it, exactly. Yeah. So uh, in the past week or so, let's see. Last week we had Wordsworth and Jay Soul. They yep. have a new EP out now. We had uh, we actually had uh, Akinelli on a couple a uh, couple weeks ago. No we doubt. had Divine Styler for Divine those of you. Styler. Eternia, uh, you know, yeah, Eternia, yeah, exactly. Dreads the beat, Nick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so you yeah, name them, we got them. Check that out on Thursdays. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes Podcast, Stitcher Radio, and Mixcloud. Uh, and there are a number of other affiliates. Meeks, you want to tell the people what other affiliates they can find us on? Yes, you could check us out on atlhiphop.com, IamClassicRawRadio.net, Soul Public Radio out on the West Coast, and Return of the Boom Bap WRBB. ATL George. Perfect. Yeah. All right. And with that, yeah, let's man. get into this. I'm so excited that this is getting ready to go down. Champion. First off, I want to send send a big shout out to John from Redef because John hooked us up. So we're we're big supporters of uh, of Redef Records Hell here yeah. at Southern Vanguard Radio. No doubt. Um, he's a big supporter of us and um. Oh, I I forgot to turn yeah, off the little tuning laser beam because we faded. Uh, so uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited uh, to have uh, this guest on. Uh, John introduced us. I reached out, and he was like, "No problem." So yep. peace to John at Redef for and making this happen. We played a ton of his records last year. We, that, we, that, that, that another project, time shit, man. Whew. Absolutely. So wow. That being said, without further ado, DJ EFN. 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 How are you, my friend? Up, make some motherfucking noise. Yeah. 
Hey man, go get you one. We'll wait. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh man. E, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. The the weather subsided over here in Florida. You know, hurricane season's dying out. Oh, that's, so that's what's always up. good. So, you yeah. know, we're good, man. You know, drink chances doing well. Very well. Um, you know, all our other endeavors are doing well. So so life is good right now. Yo, let me let me start off by saying thank you once again because last year um, we got put up on just about everything you were doing last year. The joints was amazing. Yeah, uh, the project was serious, man. Um, man, we just thank you for that because uh, one of the main premises for this show is just shedding light on um, on the real as far as right. music is concerned. And you represented that 100%, man. So, shouts out to you. Salute to you. We thank you. Thank you. And, and like you said, shout out to, to John uh, and Redef Records. Who, Absolutely. For my in the physical aspect of, of that project. So, yeah. shout out to Redef and everything they did to help us. That's what's up. What's uh what's new on the horizon, man? You got I know I know uh Drink Champs keeps you pretty busy and whatnot. Um, but when can we expect some new music? Oh man, I mean as soon as that project at least I mean, I feel like another time is, you know, I put so much into that that I feel like I can continue to promote that and find new ears for it for forever, for as long as there's people that haven't heard it. Okay. But I definitely want to do new music because new music will actually expose you know older projects right like another time and um you know as soon as as soon as i was done with another time i was itching to do something else but you know i I put so much into that so much blood sweat and tears and just you know just all the years believe it or not and i'm sure y'all could you know relate to this but everything you do in life you know you put you know you put all of it into into almost every project it's like it's not just that one time period it's everything you've been doing leading up to that project yep no matter how big or how small right yeah so you know i wanted to just you know let that breathe and and you know make sure that when i came back to do another project like that um you know i just i put the same amount of energy and effort and attention like i did for another time because i you know it was just about that project for me last year okay yeah i tell you what the the first joint i think that what he was the first single that you guys leaked the Buck Wild shit with Royce and uh That joint was crazy. Man. Oh my it, god, it what it's the not fuck? What it is. So 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 how how did that how did that joint go down in particular? Like can you walk us through how that particular joint came through? Because I mean, I think we you know, we we we're, we're kind of one of these um we, we have this approach, I guess, where we normally don't repeat joints from week to week. So, you right. know, c- kind of our approach is, you know, let's just give you guys a snapshot of what happened last week. Um, right. and, and while I don't necessarily, um, you know, uh, think it's ideal, it's just the way of the world now. Um, as far as the amount of music that's out and kind of what you have to wade through. But I mean, right. there were joints from that record that we ser- we, we were like, we're going to have to play this again next man. week and the next week. And, the ne- and that. That Buck Wild shit was one of them, man. Crazy. Yeah, um, I'll give you uh, what I can remember because one thing that we 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 talk about over here on this side is we have this thing called this uh, this uh, problem called Bacardi brain, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> makes you forget a lot of shit. And we on Drink Champs, we've we've uh, turned it into it's drunk facts. You know, where it's like there's a sliver of truth. You're just too drunk to remember the whole truth. Yeah, but um. It's but bourbon. Anyway, it's bourbon record, brain over here, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so, so the way that record came about that I remember, um, I had a like a like a like a loose um, communication with Buckwall for 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 many years. You know, going back to the mixtape times. Uh, you know, you know, maybe going back a decade, just uh, just communicating, getting records, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. And when I don't know if you guys know, but I manage the group Mayday that signed to Tech Nine and Strange Music. I co-manage right. them. Right. Okay. Right. And um, we're working on a project for Recognize, who's one of the MCs in, in Mayday, and he also has a solo career. And I had reached out to Buck for some beats, if I'm not wrong, for Rex Project. And this might have been, uh. this might have been two, two, three years ago. And uh. um, he sent a batch of beats, and for whatever. For whatever reason, we didn't end up using any of the beats, but I, I did remember that what he said, and I think it, happened, it had to do with, with samples, but I just know that, you know, first of all, it's Buckwild, you know what I'm saying? B-I-T-C, yeah. like, yeah. I, I, you know, I remember that what he sent was fire. So when it came time to, to do my project, I remembered I, I had that folder of those beats, and I went back to them, and there was one specific joint that I remember stood out to me, and it was that that joint right there, that, that beat. So I hit him up cause it'd been like, like I said, two or three years before. And I'm like, man, is this beat still available? And he's like, yeah. And so I was able to get that from him. And that's, that's where it started, which is the production this is how it all started. Sure, yeah, you know, I picked yeah, yeah. out all the beats first. Um, and then started to envision the artist that would go on it and, and, and possibly the subject matter and whatnot and whatnot. So, the first person that we got on that joint was um, Droog. Mm, okay. You know, he, he's the first person. He, he got on the record. We hadn't had a, uh, any kind of relationship before that, but, you know, reached out. Uh, we had a mutual friend, uh, I think actually his, his manager, um, and with, my, with one of my business partners, Kether, who worked on the project with me. And we were, we got Drew on there, and he just like you know he set off that record. I mean, you heard it. He he killed it. Oh yeah, he did. And that's how all every record was. Once you know the one MC, you know, just did what they did on the record, and then it just like you know just kept inspiring me and kept you know my brain just kept going. Okay, who would match up perfectly with this, or what, what would be a, a an ill different like like mix of, of artists, but that will complement each other. Yeah. And um. And you know, I was trying to do like the new with the with the legends and the pioneers and yeah. the guys who've been around. So you know, and that comes, you know, OC. Oh man, yeah, so dope, man. Yeah, and then <laughs> OC, he um, he said something in it that just at the end of his verse that basically he titled the record for me and and you know, and that's why I named it what it what I named it. It was because of how he ended his verse and then I had um Rex on it you know I told Rex this is what I want to do for the hook and who else is on that Royce is Royce on that yeah record, Royce right? is on that joint yeah yeah see I'm telling you Bacardi brain be killing me so, <laughs> so that's that that's what it was we needed that we already had everybody and we needed like that anchor artist and I remember I was like you know Royce would just sound amazing on this. Oh, yeah, yeah man and, you know, and, and we just reached out and, and it happened. And it, it actually, we reached out, we got to him because I was already working with Premier on the Who's Crazy record. Mm. 
and it right. was you know they they had just put out their project, so through that connection, I was able to get to Royce, and and then got, and then Royce just destroyed it, and there you go, you know, revolutionary writing. Yeah, you know what I loved about that record specifically with Droog is that Droog had um at least in my opinion, Droog had not really been on a record that I had heard that was that big sounding yet. Mm. I mean, like, right. you know, the, the the EP, the the first EP that have, had everybody scrambling and, like, oh, you sound like Nas and yeah. all that shit. Like, yeah. it was hard. There were joints on it. But, like, that was that, like, rattling shit. Yeah. Like, like, you have fucking mind yeah. yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> that, I mean, I, I don't know if, if you've talked to him after that record's come out. But, I mean, that record to me oh, yeah. no, no. solidified, yeah, solidified yeah. him in a, in a in a in a number of ways, at least to me, it kind of put him on a different level. I I would assume that was kind of the first record that put him in in a, in a little bit of a different light or a little bit of a different lane from a as far as being able to hold his own. I mean, Royce and OC on that joint, good God. Hey, just just you saying that if if I was able to contribute to to his movement in any way, that I mean, that's all we could do as DJs is, is to help propel artists that we think are dope, right? Absolutely. So. That's the ultimate compliment that you're giving me. If that is, you know, if if indeed that did help him, you know, that that's all I could hope for. Now, yeah. now, E, you had a host of artists. I mean, we we've talked about a few of them already, but just to run down, I mean, Bun B, Gunplay, Scarface, Talib Kweli, Redman, King Tech, MC Eight, Trick Daddy, <laughs> Dead Prez, Mot, Ridiculous. Denzel Curry, Inspector Deck, Sizzler, Sean Price. I mean. It's 66 artists. Oh, my. I mean. Told me that he counted, and I was like, and he's like, you trying to compete with Tony Touch? With, uh, <laughs> and I was like, nah. I, never, I, did, I wasn't trying. Crazy. But shit, 66 artists is yeah, crazy. That's crazy. Now, I know it wasn't all fun and games, so we we like to hear a flip side to to the beauty <laughs> of it. Like, any any horror stories, any any divas yeah, uh, that showed up during this album. What 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 was going on, man? I'll tell you. For the most part, it was pretty smooth making the project in terms of like you know just just leaning on on. What I did is I I was leaning on relationships that I had developed over the years. Okay. And, and that's what you know when I talk to, to younger cats now or, or or I'm on a panel or whatever. That's the advice I always give people: make sure you. You develop, you grow your network, and develop real concrete relationships because that's going to, you know, supersede and transcend anything you do right. no matter what lane you go in and throughout your career. Right. And and that's a perfect example of what happened with this album because a lot of these people that I met, you know, whether it was their managers or the actual artists or, or whoever, I met these guys when I was, you know, a key DJ in my market in Miami as a mixtape DJ. I was a pirate radio and college radio DJ before the the, the commercial radio was playing hip hop out here. So yeah. I was crucial in breaking records for these people, and they needed me, so they catered to me and they worked with me. Okay. But when it came time to make this album, I was I'm no longer that kind of a DJ in my market. Like in terms of of you know actively DJing like in clubs or. Or, or the mixtapes right. aren't as relevant anymore. I don't, I don't think mixtapes really exist how I used to do them anymore. I'm not into that anymore. Um, so these people didn't owe me anything. They didn't need, not that they didn't owe me, but they didn't need me is what it was. And so I wasn't sure how I was going to be received when I was reaching out to these people, some of them which I had still was in constant communication with. But still, you know, you, 
you're leaning on them for something that back in the days they, they would do with no problem because they needed your support for their record or whatever. That wasn't the case now. And I was really, really um, lucky that these relationships were, were strong. And, and for the most part, these people all came through, no problem. And without that, that being true, there's no way I would have been able to make a project like that. That project would have been either hella expensive or just yeah. just would have never, you know, got, I would have never gotten those kind of records if right. it wasn't for my relationships. So, yeah, he, why, why did you why did you do the record in the first place? I mean, because I mean, you know, I mean, outsider looking in, I mean, it seemingly come, kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, obviously, yeah, you've been doing well, your thing in Miami for a long time. Play. You know, it's not like okay. you're going to make a shit ton of money right, putting right, out right. a project like that. Right. So. Really, it's just because I'm such a fan of the music. I'm such a fan of hip hop, and I it, it was the natural. I always wanted, you know, I'm a mixtape DJ, so we're, we were always a and ring, you know, our own type of albums in a sense, our own compilations, and so it's a natural progression. And you know, obviously, a lot of DJs have done it since, but what I always wanted to do it my way and the right way. And I, you know, I wanted to make sure that if I ever did an album, I wasn't going to half-ass it. So that's why I just took, for, you know, I never felt like it was the right time for whatever reason. And mm. it, it got to a point um, going into, two, like, 2014, going into 2015, that, uh, that I was just like, you know, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to be able to do it. So right. I just, I'm going to have to just buckle down and concentrate on it. And it just felt right. And I just went for it, man, and, and put this project together. And I, and I just did that out of pure, pure love. I, and, and, and just as a creator, I wanted to create a project that completely embodied, like, morally, musically, everything about me and my, and my movement and what I'm about. And that's what I, you know, I attempted to do through this album. That's dope. So, uh, so yeah, how, how were you, I take it you were hands-on, like, yeah. from beginning to end, from, from picking Ooh, beats yeah. to every, MCs, every aspect of every it. You know, aspect. I'm not okay. a, I'm not a producer, but you know, in a sense, I am a producer. I sat in with all the all of my producers, everybody that I work with. I, you know, I, I backseat, you know, quarterbacks produced everything in a sense, um, you know. And but everything, yeah, from from to end, from beginning to the end, I was a part of every process, part of this album. Dope. So I mean, this was 2015, right? Mm-hmm. 20 yeah, 2014 yeah, going in March into 2015, yeah. and I started in. Sometime, you know, towards the end of 2014. So, okay. so did you have any idea that Drink Champs was around the corner at the time that you were working on this? Or? No, not at all. Not at all. Wow. Although, although I did have Drink Champs already, like, like the, the Drink Champs theme had already been thought of, but not as a podcast, not even as anything in terms of that kind of media. It was just an idea, a, a, a joke around the studio that me and Nori and my crew came up with about five years ago, and I just loved the, the, the idea of it. So I, I held down the dot-com, the Twitter, the uh. Instagram, and I had it bubbling there, not knowing what we were going to do with it. It could have become an app. It could have been a website, not knowing. But then me and Nori also had a radio show on SiriusXM for a couple years, right. and that was about five years ago as well. And ever since we stopped doing that, I always knew I wanted to bring back, like do something in that, you know, something radio-ish. Just mm. that can suit our schedules, and that's where the podcast idea came up. And fast forward to to right before we we started doing a podcast, and and the idea was to call it Drink Champs, just because I had that already held down, and it was something that we already had been playing with as a name. 
So no. To answer, long short, long story <laughs> short, no. I didn't. Dream Chance wasn't even a, an idea in terms of a podcast when the album was being made. Yo, uh, one last then, one last question about the 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 album, if and uh, um the the K Def remixes were they were they already locked and loaded or was that something that that definitely came out of um the the actual release of the record and 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 K Def feeling inspired and wanted to remix some joints? Yeah, that's that, exactly how you said it. it was it, John from Redef, you know, brought it to brought that to the table after you know after the project was done. And um, I'm not sure if it was after we released it or right when we were about to release it, but the project was definitely done. And I was like, of course, I was a fan of KDF as well. So, oh, yeah. so that was a no-brainer, like, for sure. He wants to touch my, my joints. Let's do it. Yeah? Yeah. That's what's up. So yeah. how, how, do you, how do you know John uh, uh, E? Have you, have you guys worked bef- together before? Or were you just shopping the album? Or what, what, why'd you go redef on this for physical? That, again, came through a mutual friend who's a business partner of mine as well. His name is Kether. Okay. He, um, you could say he he co-executive produced the album with me because okay. he was he was such a such an integral part of the process as well, and one of the producers. He's Nomadic Tracks. If you look at the track listing, oh. you see Nomadic Tracks. Oh, okay. My boy Kether, he's like one of my best friends. Um, and he he knew John and, and he connected the dots, and uh, and me and John met and and you know and John's just such a cool ass dude and and you know I love everything he's doing with Redef and you know. Uh, it was just it, it was just it was perfect synergy when we, when we talked about doing something. So uh, so had you been looking for um, I guess another uh, you weren't doing any radio at the time that Drink Champs launched right like the Sirius XM shit was over like were yeah, you just no kinda... radio okay wasn't even really you know spinning much anymore anywhere it, I, I was mainly working on managing Mayday which I still do. I have a marketing consulting company right. doing that stuff, um, doing the documentary films that, that I don't know if you guys know about, but the yes. Coming Home series. Yeah. And also, wasn't doing anything uh, radio-wise, and then, and, then, and then we launched Dream Champs. So the, the question is, is how in the hell did you guys end up on CBS Play It, man? Like, how did so that even... See, again, this is uh, all going back to, you know, friendships, relationships, and people you know, and this is a actually happened um, through a friend of mine that's an old friend of mine, actually went to high school. He's a little bit younger than me, but went to the same high school as me. And he's actually like a, he's like a pioneer in the podcast world. He has one of the longest-running podcasts. Uh, he does a gaming podcast called Gamertag Radio. Hmm, okay. My homie Godfrey. Okay. And he's in like the, the podcast uh, hall of fame and everything. So, you know, we were looking to do a podcast <laughs> hold and on. There's a, he there's... tells me, um, Hey, you know, I'm at CBS now. Would you want to take it over there? And we were already talking to a couple other podcast networks, big podcasts that were actually, but we weren't, we still like, for some reason, it took me a while to get Nori, like convince him of the podcast. He wasn't really sure of, 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 of the whole podcast thing. Why is that? Not until he did tax stone where, where he's like, okay, I can see myself doing this now. Okay. But, um, once, you know, once I told Nori, you know, let's let, you know, maybe we could rock over at CBS, you know, it, just CBS just sounds so, so sexy. You know what I'm saying? Like, as much, yeah, absolutely. As much of a corporate monster they are. Exactly. It just, it, it just sounds good. Yeah. Like we have CBS. Yeah. <laughs> we That's have, big. That's big, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so my boy Godfrey made the introduction. They, uh, they asked us to do like some demo shows, and we did like I think 
to the uh, Kenny Anderson and Fat Joe, and they were like, "Yeah, this is a no-brainer. Let's uh, let's let's do this." And and mm. you know, we came, we started that. It's funny. My album came out in March of 2015, and we launched Drink Champs in March of 2016. Wow, that's insane. So so e so, so the craziest shit. And I love seeing this because I, I I follow you on Instagram, right? So this is the graph that I love. I, I see it every week. This shit right here, Meeks. Have you seen this yeah, shit? You saw, yeah, so, I've seen a couple of so, those. So, Hell so, yeah. So you you and Nori both post this every week. And and it's basically um I guess, you know, how many plays or listens you've had for the you know the, the, the following week. And right. there's an obvious, massive <laughs> curve, if you will. It shows drink champs at over, uh, let's see, this is from October 17th to the 23rd, 1.4 million listens. And then right. the, then second place is less than 800,000, like almost half. And then right, it just right. it quickly bottoms out from that. I mean, it, so is this CBS play it uh, listenership or what? what is that graph exactly? That um, is, is we... It's the order of all podcasts under the CBS umbrella. That okay. includes um, all their TV shows that are put out as audio podcasts. So <laughs> just to give you an example of what used to be their number one was uh, 60 Minutes. Was oh, the my God. One wow. I, I knew that was coming. I knew that was fucking coming. I knew that. Yeah, wow. so, so, yeah, we, we've overtaken that. So that's what it is. It's, it's, it's across all, um, all platforms. So it includes iTunes and the Play It player, but it's, but that specific graph and those numbers, you know, that graph is just to all CBS podcasts. Yeah, we let, we be, shouldn't even be talking to this dude right now. So like let's, this. Be, let's be real about this, man. <laughs> uh, you, you, you and Nori, when, you, when you're, you know, alone, pause, when you're alone in a room with one another and you guys look at this fucking graph, right? Uh-huh. You, you got to look at one another and be like, do you see this shit, man? <laughs> like, there's no fucking way. Like I mean, I, I, I am so look, look and look. Let, let's uh, let, let's get one thing straight here. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I, I've been listening to you guys since you launched, right? But right. when I saw you motherfuckers do a podcast with Royal Flush, I almost <laughs> fell out of my mother. I almost wrecked the goddamn car because nobody, nobody is going to interview fucking Royal Flush. Nah. I mean, we're, they're talking about fucking worldwide. They're talking right, right. about, I mean, they're talking about LES and like all this shit yep. and Royal. Fl- I mean, yo, man, look, I, I, I don't care if you guys never do ever do, you know, God forbid another podcast again, but that Royal flush shit that fucked me up, man. <laughs> no. And it's on CBS. Yeah. It's on fucking CBS yeah, and you're beating out 60 minutes That's or crazy. whatever it is every week. That's like, crazy. Dude, you got, you guys have got to be geeking out about this shit. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you what well, Releasing the those numbers, I wasn't I wasn't really too big on that. Nori was the first one to do it, and I was like, ah, I'm I'm more of a reserved person when it comes to like bragging about certain things. Um, and that's Nori's. You know, he's he's really into like he just very, he likes competition, so oh, he's yeah. always going to be out there showing things and pushing if he's winning. And and you know what, I I, I got into it now too because you know just it's showing the the growth of the movement. It's um. It's galvanizing our fan base. Like they're just all geeked about it. Our Drink Champs army. And but just to get it to be a hundred percent, the numbers fluctuate every week. Okay. You know, be, you know they'll they'll fluctuate a couple hundred thousand every week okay. um, for us. Uh, okay. 
So a couple so hundred up and down one week. And also you got another thing to keep in mind, just to be completely honest, is that that is for like if someone discovers us, like let's say we have a really good show one week and they discover us, that counts for all. Like if they go back and listen to the older ones, that those all those are counted for that week. Oh wow! So if we put out two episodes in a week. That's why you might see some big crazy numbers. Like like the week before that, we put out two episodes: the Angela Yee and a. Uh, Envy and the Tax Stone, and we had like 2.5 million. Oh, yeah, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. Still, but I mean, but, but a bad, but an off the week. Are amazing. And when we got into this, I remember asking, um, I forgot who I asked. Maybe it was CBS. Maybe it was my boy Godfrey. But I was like, what, what, uh, what numbers should we, you know, aspire or hope to get so that we can, you know, make sense of this? So it makes a little bit of money, and you know, it's just right. worth our while because it was mm-hmm. supposed to be just a little side hobby gig thing that we would do just for shits and giggles. Yeah. And if we made a couple bucks, cool. So um, they were like, well, if you could get like 60000 in like a two, three-week basis off of one episode, you're golden. And I was like, damn, that seems like a tall task. You know, like right, right. I couldn't even imagine 60000 And then yeah. we came out the gate with the Fat Joe episode, and I think it had like like 300000 Wow. Wow. And and now and you and now you telling us something and as, soon, and as soon as we hit you know that that million mark it was yeah. just out of control and then I think last month we had uh our month was 5 5 and a half million for the month. Wow. And now you telling us that like a week where it's like 800,000 is like a bad or off week. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Um, not for me. I mean, I'm happy with anything we get, but, but yeah, I guess you could say that if if we're going to stay on the million mark. Yeah. Now, now you you guys. Uh, I mean, I I really hope for for your guys' sake that there's not like a um you know a CBS play it like corporate event where like all the podcast makers and creators <laughs> like you know come to a dinner and there's like an annual retreat because when these motherfuckers walk in. I mean, there there might be death threats. There, who who knows what's happening when these guys walk in the mm. door, man? Oh my god! I mean, this that swing is incredible, dude. That yeah. swing is incredible. We had an event already. We did. Uh, oh, there you go. See, <laughs> front, uh, which I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's it's like a media thing where they they try to like present each network presents their different shows, TV, movies, and now podcasts and mm. radio to advertisers, and they, and they did have us out there, and basically we just. Everything was cool. We just we just got everybody drunk at that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> hey, e, was that was that how y'all locked in your first liquor sponsor? I did watch um, Nori on the Breakfast Club, and he right. announced that you had just uh, got set up with with Moet. Um, is that from that event? Is that how you got linked in, or was that something that um, that just kind of came out of the blue? Yeah, no, Moet was something that actually has been there from the beginning, and and they're not they're not quite yet an official sponsor. They're just uh, you know they're just kind of like partners with us, and they, Nori's been been fucking with them for a while, and okay. he knows the people over there, and they've just been servicing us with the Moet, and and you know just just taking care of us and stuff. But That's what's up. Be, the crazy shit is that the one thing that we have not solidified is a liquor sponsor. Like one, like we want to have one you know, primary liquor sponsor. And that's the one thing we haven't gotten yet. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you guys had a local, right? Didn't you have like a, like a local Miami, uh, uh, well, no, I have, I, um, I have, uh, I have stakes in a, in a local, a local, uh, it's called Aguardiente. It's a Colombian, 
um, liquor. It's it's actually the process right before rum, and and that's that's basically like my own brand that that I bring to the show and promote. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. See, that's the other thing that I've learned on this podcast. Actually, is like the shit that they're drinking, man. Mm-hmm. I I have I I I need a real education. Like, I mean, <laughs> I I think that's another lane for you guys, E. I really do like like uh, whatever it is you guys are drinking on the show. I really have like what what's what's a fucking nori drinking all the time? Uh, the tiger bone. Tiger bone. There you go. What the fuck is tiger? I've never had tiger bone. <laughs> what is that? Tiger bone is not technically a liquor. It's a it's a herbal an herbal concoction Chinese <laughs> concoction for male stamina. There we go. Shit. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it you know it's it's fermented, so it is it does you know have it's got it's, alcohol it's in it. Yeah, it's, it has an alcohol content. Yeah, and Nori, I don't know where I think he must have tried because they might have it at a juice <laughs> bar or a lot of like the Jamaican spots usually have this stuff. Uh, and Tiger he Bob. found I don't know he discovered it, and this is years ago because if you go back to our XM radio show, yeah, we were drinking Tiger Bone on that show, uh. and we were it, it sounds just like Drink Champs basically without with oh, less word? Guess. Okay. So um so we've been drinking Tiger Bone since then and then he just continued with the Tiger Bone and brings it around and it's it, Tiger Bone is like the star sometimes by itself on the podcast. I mean, we have fans <laughs> now buying Tiger Bone like we should own steaks in Tiger Bone oh, but hell yeah. from China. So I don't know how the fuck we get steaks in that. <laughs> Good luck with that. Makes have you had that before? I have not. I have not. Nah, um <laughs> I mean, but but just thinking about um just thinking about the Jamaican spots here in Atlanta. There's a there's like Jamaican juice spots where they make um I remember shit like bedroom bully and and uh I just remember going to Jamaican spots and getting uh roots tonics and stuff right, like right, that. Right. So I think I think Tiger Ball is something similar to that. But okay, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I'm surprised, e, e, I'm surprised you guys don't have a liquor sponsor. Yeah, that that's really surprising actually. Surprised. Um it's something that that I'm always uh, discussing pretty much every day of the week um, with our partners. And, and you know, we have companies that are, you know, stepping up to the plate that want to do something, but this is where, you know, corporate America and, like, marketing firms right. and, then, you know, big money gets in, you know, like, it's, it slows down the process, you know. There, there's a whole, whole thing if you're going to be a primary sponsor of the show, and, and there's just so much... So much bureaucracy to, to to be dealt with to get that going. So it's yeah, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. So 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 is it one of those things where the 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 content concerns them or no? No, it's not the content. It's okay. Just, it's, you know what it is. I'll tell you what it is, and this is actually the growing pain for us as the fact that we have been so successful. Um, nobody expected the numbers so quickly. Mm. So it, and then according to to CBS. There's like uh you know certain quarters for the for the the marketing firms or, or you know or the the advertising firms better said that they spend certain amount of marketing dollars and those are the real gatekeepers of of people who sponsor you know radio shows do advertising or, or podcasts or whatever so our numbers grew so fast that their budgets had already been depleted by the, uh, by like we were came in in a weird time right. of the year okay so it's all being like now you know everybody's playing catch up because just nobody expected Drink Champs to be the number one podcast right. on CBS. Right, know? right. No shit. Oh, so yeah. that means shit. January 2017. Oh, it's going to be popping. It should be going down. It's going to be popping, man. <laughs> Holy shit. 
<laughs> wow. 2017 going to be a big year for y'all, man. Yeah, no, yeah. No question. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we definitely have a lot of things in the works. Yeah. You know, off, off of what's going on with Dream Champs. Yeah. It really opened up a lot of doors. Uh-huh. You know, but, and then the the good thing is, is, you know, being, you know, Nori being in the industry as long as he has, me being in the industry as long as I have, mm-hmm. it's just bringing a lot of people that we already know back into the fold who, who already, you know, just like, oh, those are my homies. Let, you know, I can help you with this. And that's what, that's what's happening right now as we speak. And there's a lot of, a lot of real good things happening for us. Okay. Now, I, I also recall Nori um, talking about um, the fact that you guys were, for lack of a better term, signing podcast now or 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 in the in the process of bringing some some other podcasts under uh your you guys umbrella or whatnot how's that going and and who are you guys currently dealing with right now yeah uh, i mean we want to do that and mm-hmm. you know we kind of like uh tended to to try to like speak things into reality okay um but like that's a whole process in itself that right now we're actually figuring out an infrastructure. We don't want to get too ahead of ourselves yeah. because we haven't even finished a year doing Dream Champs. Yeah. So it's something that we are planning on doing. We are currently in the works and talking to, to, to different content creators. We're going to start with people that we already know and certain artists that we know right out the gate are going to, going to you know, do some numbers um, with our help, of course. And it's just a matter of us, you know, building that infrastructure and, and planning it out properly, which is currently happening. But but it's going to start with a very, very small group of, of, of uh, people that we're going to do launch podcasts with, see how that works out, and then maybe we'll, we'll open it up to more people. But ever since we've mentioned it on the podcast, and Nori's mentioned it a couple other times, man, my DMs have been flooded with not just people <laughs> who are podcasters, but people who just said, hey, I heard you talking about your signing podcast. I decided I want to do one. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I hear you. You had to know that was coming, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I knew it was coming. I was just like, this is like a whole other level of, please listen to my demo. You yeah. Know what I'm <laughs> please listen to my podcast, please. That fucker ain't even a podcast to talk about. He just woke up the, and he's doing a podcast. I'm thinking about doing one. Can, can, I, can I get a deal? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> that's classic. So, yeah. so, um, so, but, but I, I did see somewhere, like, I, I really like the approach because I thought, aren't you guys like working with uh, someone that's on HGTV or something like that? It was like cooking related podcast, possibly that you guys are going to help launch or. Nori, well, I don't know if you're talking about um, oh, what's her name, man? It's, it's Nori's homegirl that she's on, on the. I think on the on the Food Network, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was Food Network. Possibly, yeah, I forget. Oh, um, Sunny Anderson. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm not really too sure. If maybe I'm sure that Nori, Nori and her have spoken about maybe her doing a podcast. Oh, okay. Um, but <laughs> Nori himself has a food show that that he's he's developing and um and that's going to come out you know soon. That's what's up. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. so 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 E, what 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 what's going on with you guys in Revolt? You guys are 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 you guys getting ready to to have something on Revolt related? I mean, I know the documentaries and whatnot have been on there, like the coming home documentaries. Are are you guys going to make a a branch out uh, in, in the in the video with Revolt? Are you still working on it, or what's going yeah, on there? So we um we haven't officially announced it yet. It's gonna 
The official press release should be coming out either this week or next week. But we will be um, airing uh, the the podcast um, on on TV and on their website. We're gonna be yeah. We're gonna we're doing it. We have a deal revolt for that. Nice. So does this yeah. include all the back episodes? Like, were you guys uh, no, shooting all the? Is, um, okay. We did a deal that that both of us feel comfortable with that that's setting up for a, a larger deal, but it's like kind of like a test run. Um, okay. Make sure we both are happy, both companies, even though I've worked with them since the launch of the network with my coming home series and continue to work with them. But uh, we created this, this, this situation that actually it's, it's revolt slash CBS slash dream champs. And you know, that, mm. that took a lot of negotiations and conversations and I'm really proud that we were able to put that together, and it it includes um, new episodes and then some of the archives, not all of them. So they're going to get. We haven't decided all the all the details yet, but they're going to get a, a some some archive episodes to to run on on TV, and then some new episodes that will run uh, exclusively on TV and on their website for a certain amount of time. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. The, the the visuals on the Instagram accounts and like all the, all the snippets from the shows mm-hmm. are just insane, man. I, I, I can't wait to see what a, what a real. Yeah, we're, f- we're leading. We're starting that whole campaign with, we, we did an episode with Puff already. That's insane. Oh shit. Crazy. Oh my yeah, God. That, that episode is insane in so many ways. I mean, I hope it doesn't get edited down. Um, but yeah, trust me, it's it's very entertaining. <laughs> uh, now, are we talking about on the level of because of my, one of my personal favorites, and I know it's a recent one, but I, I guess huh. what took the cake for me was how shit faced Nori was at the end of it was the Dame Dash episode. I mean, are we talking about like a level like that or a level above that? If you check out the Fifty Cent one, yes, it's. Probably more along the lines of the fifty cent one. Okay, got you. Good. God. Yeah. Well, that that was two parts, but that that's where that's where that's where they broke up on the whole like eating ass conversation. It just went completely. Like, yeah, this one goes down that fucking rabbit hole. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. This is the thing about drink chance. We are really, really getting shit faced on the show. No, like, I know. Faking it. Even my girl is like, you know, my family's worried about my health. Like my girl's like, just drink water. I'm like, no, nah, you don't understand. That's just not what we do at drink right. chance. You know? And um, and it's funny because most of the most of the shows, most of the episodes, we start off. You know, we try not to really drink before the show. We try to just really start drinking at at, at the moment we start recording and. It starts off as a regular interview, serious, some good questions, trying to get, you know, some stories out. And then it just, there's a point where we all are there and it just goes off a cliff. Yeah, <laughs> it just, yeah, it completely the goes episode. off the rails. Absolutely. You know Yo. what, E, we, we, try to, we try to get on the wagon for, you know, for a number of reasons ourselves. But I've decided yeah. to just forego all that shit because <laughs> my doctor said my kidney is good and... Um, she what thinks about your I, liver? she think my liver is good as well, right. and she thinks I'm a vegetarian, and I'm totally not. So <laughs> until she tells me otherwise, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna get faded, man. Yeah, yeah but, but the question is, but the question is, is What's when up? they ask you how many drinks 
a week you have. I never lied to her because this is the same doctor I'm trying to get my marijuana prescription from. So <laughs> I, I have nothing. I have nothing to lie about. HIPAA is in place for a reason. So I talk to her about everything, and and she's a female. I okay, have personally okay. put my nutsack in her hands. So we hold no. Yeah, man, all of that. I told her. I told her. I was like, look, you know, we dating, right? <laughs> I'm like, you have done shit to me that my wife hasn't oh, done. God. So me and you go together. So it's just like I just I just talk to her. We just we just have a good time, man. I think she enjoys me. I bet me. you do. Yeah. I, I think, bet you do. I think she enjoys me coming in as much as I, I like going I to bet, see my I doctor. I bet she so, enjoys you coming in as well. Yo, I bet she does. So I'm saying I'm I'm feeling good about my health <laughs> as far sure as my are. drinking is concerned. Hey, eat. Just you know what I'm saying? Just 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 monitor everything, man. And y'all gonna be all right, man. For real. You find out you're taking a cheese platter and a bottle of wine when you see your doctor. <laughs> Hell yeah. No doubt. You guys you guys have uh you guys have a onset or uh, onset medics or something like <laughs> I don't know, man. Poor Nori, dude. When I I just listened to the Dame Dash interview over like this past week, and this got right. me. Meeks, have you listened to that that episode? I, I got to get caught up. Oh man. my god! I, gotta get I mean, caught it up. is out of fucking control. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a good reason for why um, he got as drunk as he did. I mean, we were both drunk, but it's that we we were in L.A. and that same day earlier we did the E40 episode ah. and we drank with him. We drank E40 all drank all for real. Yeah. He has a fucking beer. He has water. A, yeah. his own version of Cisco or, yeah. or Hypnotic, and he has wine. Yeah. And we drank all that shit. Yeah. And, um, which actually, the shit, all of it was good. That's how we could drink all of it. And then, um, and then we went and did the Dame Dash. So we were just already trashed from doing the E40 episode. Uh, and oh, then wow. Dame, he came ready for Drink Champs, and he was like trying to like out drink us, but. You know, not realizing or realizing, I don't know. He's a smart dude that we were already <laughs> drunk, so he kept making us take shots of his Dusko yeah. uh, yeah. liquor, and that's where it just w- went downhill for us. Yo, did Dame show up with old bottles of Armadale? Did he have it? <laughs> uh, I got a bottle of Armadale. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do marketing and promotions for, for you know, Rockefeller. I, got, I told him, he, he he looked at me crazy. He's like, you really have a I'm like, I got a bottle of Armadale. <laughs> that's crazy that's crazy for real <laughs> yo on a serious note um the dmx episode were there any concerns um with him being on the show and and him drinking or he was down for whatever i mean he wasn't concerned and that that show really i think is what um like took us to another level you know yeah, absolutely you know, after that show came out, and there's a lot of behind the scenes that happened with that show mm-hmm. prior to it being released, and you know everybody's kind of concerned about different things having to do with it. But to your question specifically, um, the way that the way that he looks at it is like you know his 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 issues you know are with different kinds of substances, and that doesn't really necessarily include alcohol. Gotcha. Um, and I and and you know people people you know a lot of the people who watched it and, and fans. They they trying to say that he was on you know on all kinds of different drugs. To my knowledge and my I, me being there all day in front of him, he didn't do nothing else but drink some but alcohol. Drink. Okay, gotcha. Um, so so that you know that's that's what that was about. But um, but that was a really I think 
honestly, man, like it was just such a honest display of, of, of you know, and that dude just wherever he goes, he just he just pour, he pours his heart out. He doesn't oh, hold absolutely. anything back. Right. Yeah, he's right. he he keeps it a buck all the time yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. E, do you think um do you think that's why um a, a real like true liquor sponsor uh has evaded um evaded you guys because of the negative connotations that that alcohol brings about is do you think there's there's something there with uh as far as that concern or is it is I've, it just finding the right one look i've asked that question from the beginning mm-hmm. just because just as a as a content creator and trying to to make sure that um you know we we make you know if we're going to be doing this this has become a full time basically the drink champs it's such a yeah I bet. It's such a big it's turned into a, a big machine now and if our time's going to be in drink champs I need to make sure the return on investment is there and Absolutely. so my my biggest concern has always been is are we not getting are, are certain advertisers not coming to the table because of our content are, are we too racy for them and the answer to me has always been no that that's not at all an issue. Okay. And we have had some good sponsors, and we are, you know, we, we are getting regularly uh, uh, sponsors and advertisers, whether it be live reads or pre-rolls. It's just the, the ones that you would think are no-brainers, like yeah. the alcohol ones, those are the ones that, for some reason, they haven't come. But again, part of the excuse that's been told to us is that they, everybody involved feels that that sponsor needs to really, like, they really need to come... And and they needed to put down their money where their mouth is because it's going to be such a big look for them being our our primary right. liquor sponsor. Right. And that's I guess that up. that might be what all the holdup is is finding that right fit. Okay. Yeah, that's the ultimate cosign right there, man. Hell yeah! For anyone trying to hit that demographic, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's it. That is that is it. Um. Yeah. So 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 e what what's what episode has surprised you the most? Um. I really enjoyed and was surprised by 50s episode, man. Why? I just, it, I didn't expect him to come so, like, he came ready for Drink Champs. He came by, like, he basically came by himself. Like, we record in the little Haiti area of Miami, which, for people that know Miami, you know, it's it's like, you know, quote-unquote an infamous neighborhood. Um you know, you you don't you don't go to Little Haiti and walk around by yourself. Yeah, right. it's not South Beach, right? Right. South Beach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you know, if you're an artist and and you know and you people might think you got money, this is the type of place where yeah, the Jack Boys are in that neighborhood, right? Big so, time. You know, he came to to where we were at. He came with like two regular dudes that seemed that might have even been from the neighborhood, um, and he. He he just he the minute he walked into the room, it was he was all ready to have fun and games, you know. And, and he doesn't drink, from what I'm told, he doesn't drink right. at all. Yeah, yeah. right, right, that. right. Yeah. And and this this shows you how smart Fifty is. I think that if you notice, if you ever follow Puffy on social media, Puffy is always drinking his product. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he put out a new tequila. He's always like I before I even knew he he put out a tequila. I noticed him taking shots. Random shots at his crib of something, and I'm like, I don't. I, I was like, I don't think he's drinking Ciroc like that, you know. And it turns out he was drinking his tequila. Mm. So, so that's ultimate branding right there, you know. And and I think Fifty was smart enough to to understand that if you're gonna, if there was any time for him to drink, 
his product was to do it on Dream Champs. Oh, right. right. okay. Right. So and he showed he up with the four accent. shots of effing vodka, yeah. which for a person who does not drink, four shots will put you, like, you'll get drunk. Hell Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. You know, you'll be drunk. And he, he got nice. He was, he was nice, <laughs> you know, on that, on the liquor. And, and he just totally got into, into the, you know, like he got it. Like some people might come to our show and, and just, just be like, you guys are like, you just think we're just too over the top or we're just, you know, like they just might not get it and, and not want to play along or, or, you know, think we play too much or talk shit too much or whatever, you know, and, and not only do we want to know about real hip hop stories and, and get into, into people's careers, but we also want to have fun. We want you, we want people to have, like, we want to have conversations like if you're hanging out with your people and you're having drinks and you're talking, you're talking real shit and you're, ta- you're shooting the shit about dumb shit too, you know? And right. that's what we want. We want those, those unfiltered conversations and we want to give that to the fans, something that otherwise they might not hear. And, and I feel that 50 really came to play. He, he, he had fun with us. He was such a good sport about it. And it just surprised me. I didn't expect it to be the way it was. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, like uh, what, it was a three-hour interview or so, right, E? Yeah, a three-hour interview. Crazy. With 50. With and, 50. And, and another you know person that, that was like that, and to me, just, <laughs> yeah. and, and at the same status, you know, icon of hip-hop was Snoop. Snoop was another one mm. that really came and had a lot of fun with us. Now, what was he, what was Snoop drinking? Oh, uh, I don't know. He didn't, I mean, he drank, but he really just smoked his ass <laughs> off, you know, like. <laughs> he was a smoke champ on now, that Now, episode. but there, there are some, there are very, some very particular rules, though, about smoking and what you're smoking, though, on the podcast. I, I think I, I remember specifically that folks are smoking in there, but if you're smoking cigarettes, you're going outside. Mm. Oh, yeah, there's no smoking cigarettes in the room, even though Nori's a cigarette smoker, but, you know, usually we're in a place that's just a non-smoking environment. Like, um, so, yeah, there's no smoking cigarettes in the room. Definitely you can smoke all the weed you want, usually. And, and, and you know, <laughs> we, we, we hope that every guest drinks, but we don't, we don't, we're not there to peer pressure. Like, I mean, I guess we do peer pressure them in a fun way, but mm-hmm. <laughs> if someone ultimately doesn't want to drink, we're not, you know, we don't look at them crazy. It's just, it's whatever, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. Don't worry, we'll get drunk for you then. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, e, you've been um, you've been you've been around since the early '90s, and you held a, a lot of a lot of a lot of roles, wore a lot of different hats. Uh, industry executive, um, yeah, mixtape uh, DJ, DJ, all of that A&R. since the early '90s. Man, is has your has your career been a steady? conscious progression or are or, or were you just kind of going with the flow man just just however it comes to you you just kind of take oh, it as it question. is or did you have it all at any point did you have it all planned out and thought out no nah, i don't think i mean I, I definitely had a vision for what i wanted to do and i have a vision for how i want to uh promote myself my company and, and my city but um I think anybody that's in the in the creative space, you know, in the arts, because ultimately this is, you know, yeah, it is a music industry, but we're we're all in the arts. It is never, no matter how planned out you have, it's never going to go your way, mm-hmm. for for various reasons. So, the one thing that I've luckily have been able to do is that, no matter what, I I've been able to move and change with the times. I've been I study the game. I'm a student of the game. 
um, and I try to just like anticipate changes in the industry, and I always try to do things that come natural to me. Not I don't ever try to go in lanes that don't feel natural. I don't chase trends. That's just not what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to do things that that are organically seem you know just just natural to me. Just just that's the best word for it. And and so I've been able to to move in different 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 like different aspects of the industry, whether it be film or marketing and promotions or consulting or management. And these are none of these things were things that I had originally set out to do. Like maybe management was actually the first thing I did um, right out of high school. I started to, to develop um, and manage a group. And that was my first like foray into trying to do something in the music industry. And then, you know, and actually that came before me of like officially launching myself as a DJ. So, okay. but everything else just came, you know, as, 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 you know, as, because, the the economy of this is so bad and so it's like right. the ocean like the waves it, it comes and goes one minute you're up the next minute you're down yeah right you're not versatile and, and you're hustle basically and then you're dead in the water like you know any kid that that looks at like a Jay Z or a Beyonce or or whoever a Drake and think that that's all artists they're fucked already out the oh, gate my you God. Know? Right, man. Say it's it about again. you know making a career and making a living, and it's it's not as easy as people think. But it's not that hard either, if you if you can if you can just change up and and just do things that are natural to you, but but in different lanes. Like you know, I, like I said, you know, management and marketing, consulting, and and uh, and film, and and now podcasts, and you know, XM Radio. You just but it all was relatable to what I I know and what I do. Gotcha. So it wasn't hard to, to to change into those different areas. Got you. Speak, so, speaking of relatable, I'm sorry, homie. Uh, speaking of relatable and 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 doing what you do, um, city to city, coast to coast. Born in in L.A., correct? Um, born in Los Angeles. Yep. Born in born in Los Angeles. Pretty much born and raised in Los Angeles, and and moved to Miami in uh, I believe '86. Um, um. Well. I would say that really I'm raised in, in, in Miami. Okay. Um, I was born in L.A. I came here at a young age, but I was moving back and forth. And then and then I stayed here like around junior high. So, you know, okay. all my years are, are growing up in Miami. But I would visit. I have family in L.A. So I, I go every year. So it's like I'm, I'm part of both worlds, you know? Okay. So uh, as far as uh, the, the, the portion of, it, of your life where you were going back and forth from, from L.A. to Miami, were there things that you were taking back and forth with you um, as a part of your growth? Yeah, I bring a lot of – I wouldn't say that I brought much to L.A. from Miami because um, when I would go there, I would be with family and stuff, and it wasn't, like, really on some work or, or, or even trying – like, being able to get involved, you know, in the scene out there. But that that those roots of, of L.A., and when I would go there just in terms of the music and just being able to – hear it and, and, and just dig in, you know, go to record stores out there and and even sometimes I would, you know, just, or listen to the radio or whatever, you know, so I would just bring all that back with me to, to Miami and that's that's an integral part of, of who I am at, you know, in terms of my what makes up my, my music knowledge and, and love of music and some of that's reflected in another time, you know, by having mm-hmm. the King T's and the MCH yeah. and, you know, those people on, on the album. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Hey, E, I got a question for you real quick. You were you were talking about earlier about being, um, you know, being versatile and, you know, how, you know, it's a pretty difficult industry to maneuver in. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting is I just wrapped up the um, 
the Leo Cohen and Kevin Lyles uh, interview. And one thing that I thought was interesting was Lior said that he thought that this was one of the best times ever to be involved in the music industry. Right. Like, were you, uh, and I was kind of surprised to hear him say that. And I didn't know if I really didn't know how to take it when he said that. I didn't know if it was. Well, you kind of felt like there was something he he would just I don't say. Know. Just I mean, look, I, I mean, uh, unfortunately, like I, I'm, I'm probably more of a pessimist, if you will. Okay. Or I, I just when he said that, I kind of thought, I, I don't know, like how, like really, truly, how genuine is that? Like, did, do you? Well, how did you take that when he said that, E? Because I that kind of surprised me, honestly, because I. I I, I get the, um, I guess the flexibility and the versatility, and right. I guess just you know all the different ways that you can maneuver now, from uh you know, from an outlet perspective, right? Like you know, yeah, we can record a joint here tonight, and it's up on the internet in a couple hours, and yeah. you know, you're off. Like, uh, what what were your thoughts when when he said that? Because I, I thought I that think, was, I think he meant it um, and believes it. I just think the only thing that was missing from when he was saying that is maybe that that caveat or that one thing like that I just said that you know if if you do decide to to to, to jump in the music game, um, just understand that it, it, that you know there's a lot of sacrifice, a lot of hard work, and you know you just. You, it's not something that you're going to become a star overnight. You know, you have to be completely dedicated to this craft. And, and you know, some people might, you know, some people might have the luck and make it in in their first song, and some people might take them a decade um, right. to get discovered. It just right. all depends, you know, where's your heart at. But in terms of what he's saying, in terms of te- the technologies, and and he might be speaking from someone who even knows more than any of us because he's. You know, now Absolutely. he's a part of YouTube, and right. and you know he's he's behind the scenes seeing these new technologies develop. He might know something we don't know, or or just know a little bit more. And it does make sense that he would say that because it's just there's so mm. much out there for a creator to be able to create and publish easier than ever before. Right. So if you are talented, maybe he's saying if you truly are talented and you have the heart to do it and go, you know, and and really hustle then this is the best time ever versus right. before you might've been talented as fuck, but the gatekeepers, you know, you might be from, from, uh, Ohio or who, or from, you know, some, you know, whatever, uh, yeah, bum Wisconsin, yeah, exactly. but you, you know, there's no way that someone in, in a, in a corporate office in, in the New York death jam might, might give you a chance, you know, the gatekeepers back then. And it's mm. just a different period now, different time frame where, where it's easier for you to get your stuff out. Yeah, see, that's the thing. When 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 you listen to a person like a Lior Cohen or a Kevin Lyles talk, like they they may talk in kind of these large, you know, broad kind of strokes mm-hmm. because that's what CEOs and C level executives do. Yeah. But when they say when they say certain or particular things, like that, really struck me. Um, I don't know, man. That kind of fucked me up a little bit, honestly, when he said that because that is some. Uh, that's a pretty profound statement, honestly. Yeah, and it, is, it is. It is. And, 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 and you know what? I didn't. I, it maybe didn't strike me as bad, just because. Yeah, I felt that he believed it because of what he's seen behind the scenes, and he right. just feels that there's going to be a, 
like right now, all the technologies and all these companies are moving in a way where they're trying to figure it. They're like they're on the cusp of figuring out right. the perfect way to, to to get music to the right. consumer hmm. and try to find a way to compensate. Obviously, the record labels are the ones that want to get compensated, but also right. artists like a title right. is trying to do. You know, so there's going to be a balance that's going to come about very soon. I mean, that's what I'm that's what I'm taking from what he's saying. That that right. balance. We're on the cusp of that balance, so jump on, jump in it now. E, well, let me ask you something real quick, um, kind of on topic, maybe a little off. Um, Dave East to Def Jam, and and your background as an industry exec, and you've A and R'd and 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 things like that. Uh, Dave East to Def Jam in 2016. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think the, the fact that he's over there, that he got signed, yeah. I think it's I think it's a great move on Def Jam. I think Def Jam had lost um, their edge in terms of the artists that they were signing. I think someone like a Dave East is, is right up right up their alley in terms of trying to, to to regain that edge. Okay. Not to say that he's the most edgy artist. I'm just saying like he does have that 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 credibility. He's a, he's a he's a new a new sound, new artist out there that I think people are checking for and. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's a I think it's a good move for Def Jam. I just think they got to do more of those moves. Okay. You know, they got to find more of those artists out there um, on the on the horizon that that is going to bring back that old Def Jam feeling. You know, that's what I want that old Def Jam feeling back. Got you. Okay. I don't know if we'll ever get it because you know, yeah, you can never really go back to those er- that era. But yeah, we'll never they, get that shit back. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I mean, think we're just so. <laughs> we're, we're all just lucky we 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 witnessed it. Yeah. Yeah, For I mean, sure. that was, and to that point, Meeks. I mean, that's what that's what I mean. Like when 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 Leor said that, I was like, I was, uh, really, I had to process that for a second. Like, mm-hmm. this is, just, I just really, I was just really surprised to hear him say that. And then on top of that, you know, we interviewed Wordsworth last week mm-hmm. and Jay Soul, and you know, you asked them, like, you know, did you like it better back then? Or do you like it better now? Yeah. And Words was like, yes, I absolutely like it better now because back then, 10, 15, 20 years ago, there were gatekeepers and you were trying to get a deal and like all this shit. But I mean, kind of to what, you know, he was saying is that, you know, there are all these different avenues where you can possibly get paid. Right. Like, remember when we wrapped up the interview and I'm just like, oh, man, we're not we got to rethink this because yeah. there are ways to get paid that we're not getting paid now. Yeah. And we've got to look yep. at this in a different way. And yeah. then like literally a couple of days later, I listened to that Leo interview and I was like, I-, I just felt like it was this message that was kind of like banging me in the head again, yeah. like repeatedly. And it, it just, I, I don't know. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it since well, I heard the interview. Well, it's just kind of like what he just said. We don't, we don't know what Lior knows. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So he, right. he's, he's got his fingers on some shit right now to where right. for him to say something like that, he, right. he know was, what the fuck he talking yeah, about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, remember, remember, he said something. I don't know if you caught it. He said, now is the, like, hurry up. Now's the best time. You might even be late. Mm. Right, right. Mm. And, and what's ill about that is that he said also, he said, you might be late. And also the the the, the amount of people that are streaming like in the world or whatever you want to call it, like one to two percent mm-hmm. penetration for streaming. Exactly. And you're already late. Yep. That's fuck. I, that, that, dude, there were some gems in that fucking episode. Yeah, I mean, if you fucking, notice, 
I was quiet as kept because I was <laughs> yeah. just, I was just listening to these guys. Yeah, right. I was in awe of of, of having these two, oh, you know, I believe it. legendary executives there. I, I just wanted to hear it. what they had to say. Yeah. You know, whether whether I liked it or not, what they had to say was important. At least to 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 you know, at least for me, like I want to hear what they had to say. And so I was really taking it all in, and everything you were hearing, I was hearing. The only thing, I, like I said, the only thing I feel that maybe would have made more sense of that is that. Maybe if you say, you know, for serious, you know, artists, you know, maybe just that little caveat, because the one thing that I hate that happens, and, and I don't know, I might be the only one that believes this, but I feel that there was an era, the Master P era, right? Mm-hmm. I feel Master P inspired every non-rapping ass motherfucker to become a rapper. Yeah. And just yes. either they were dope boys or they that. pretended to be. Exactly. Absolutely. All off of the inspiration of Master P. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, so and I, I've had that argument. That then we yeah. had just this fucking, just oversaturation, and just it was just crazy. Yeah. So that's what I think the potential of of Leo's comments could could create that same kind of like like waterfall or, or you know of people just say, oh fuck it, I'm gonna be you know just like I said, everybody wants to be a podcaster after we said <laughs> after we said we have a network. Um, that could happen with a comment like that if you don't kind of explain like. Because I think the power is what he's saying. The true power is for true creators, true, right. true artistic creators with talent and with drive. Because if you have talent and drive, this might be the best time for you than right. before. Man, right. P was P, Master P was what today's industry is back then. P basically was a money, a money pot. And it's just like, as long as I got this money, I can do whatever. So I'm taking out three, four page ads and the source, double XL, whatever. I got pen and pixels on lock. So my, my album covers going to always be crazy. And, and they're gonna put them out like it ain't shit. It ain't. <laughs> like, it ain't shit. Around time yeah, crazy. it's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's P was operating back then. How the industry is now, pretty much. Um, yeah. but yeah, but that's true. But during, but still during the traditional record label record industry days, though. So that's why yeah. that's why I was innovative. But a lot of people dismiss P. And and people like that because right. you know they were from the south or whatever or, or the music the quality of the, the quality the of the music wasn't that great or whatever but you can't front on that shit and yeah, and he's still living off of that if you I, I don't give a fuck what nobody says yeah, no I mean we talking about a motherfucker that was the ice cream man that fucking had a career on Nickelodeon get the fuck no, out of here. Listen, he as as a businessman and he and and, and he yeah, revolutionized no the music industry in terms of even hip hop and all that. But what, what I was speaking to specifically is the content of the music mm-hmm. and the way he put it out. He did a genius, and he was a genius businessman. But he inspired every fucking buddy yeah. out there who wasn't originally even thinking that they would be a rapper. They were like, "Hold up, I could rap like that." Yeah, <laughs> yep. 
Oh my God! I can yep. do that. Yeah, I can. Put, I, I can. I, either I'm, I am really a dope boy, and I have money enough to do some of the stuff. Yep. I, you know, promote myself, or I can pretend to be a dope boy. Yep. And that's what I felt happened. Exactly. It was just like a flood of motherfuckers right after yep. you know that masterpiece. How many? How many album covers came out of other artists that looked like like those joints that people put oh out? Oh uh, that, That's. I mean, that was a whole era yeah. of that. Yeah. And and that to me is what kind of like that. That inspiration kind of fucked up the game too, because you have people who weren't really—they wouldn't have even thought of jumping into the music industry right. had they not been inspired by Pete. And that's why you Pete know, but, doesn't get the props that he deserves because that's that's what it inspired—the the the shit that we have now, basically, you know. But at the same time, the dude was a, a, a genius and a legend. And, and absolutely, his, man, absolutely, absolutely, and he had a lot of talented motherfuckers on the roster too. He did, oh, he yeah. did. Yeah. When are you going to have them on the show? You got to have him on the show, man. Hey, listen, he, he, the invite is already officially out there. We would love to have <laughs> Pete. Um, yeah, we just had Mystical on not too long ago. Um, yeah, yeah, we would love to to have Master P man, on there, man. That would one. be, you know, just to hear going. I want to go back to, to when he toured with Tupac and those stories, you know? <sighs> wow. Yeah. And, and just so you guys know, also, um, it's like it's a ill, like, you know, six degrees of separation shit, but... The the vice president of Strange Music, who signed Mayday, the group I manage, it used to be at Priority Records and was the person that basically brought, he kind of discovered Master P for Priority. Like, he brought P over to Priority. Wow. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. Ill. That is ill. Hell yeah. So, so E, what, yeah. what's, your, what's, your, um, what's the deal with Mayday? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to front. I, I don't know a lot, but I'd like to hear, like, you know, are the, the, these homies, you're, you were a member or are a member or you're just managing or what? what's up with Mayday? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just strictly management. Um, okay. They're old homies of mine here from Miami. Okay. They, uh, they've evolved. They used to be started as a two-man group and recognized as one of the MCs used to be a solo artist by himself. And he had, he's the guy that won the, the, the MTV battle, the first one. Oh. That he was supposed to sign a Rockefeller when he won. I don't know if you remember yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah, he never signed Rockefeller, but he was supposed to. Um, uh, so yeah, that rec- that recognized, and then we were all recognized in Mayday, the original Mayday, were signed to this label that was started by the porn company um, Reality Kings that also was a part of Bang Bros. You heard of that porn oh, company? Oh, yeah, yeah, Bang, Bang Bus and all that shit. Mm-hmm. They started a record label called <laughs> South Beat, and they brought me on to be the VP of marketing for the record label. Oh. They also managed Kimbo Slice. Rest in peace to Kimbo. Oh, he was a part Slice. of our like roster, but he was you know fighter. They managed Damn. him, and and through that you know that label became you know defunct and recognized. Joined the group Mayday. Mayday kind of became like a band, you know. So they were kind of like I call it the Roots on crack, right? <laughs> and we were independent for a while, and we, we, you know, we did a bunch of stuff. I got a bunch of artists featured on their songs. We did a bunch, you know, like a whole campaign, and eventually got them signed uh, to Strange Music about two or three years ago. Uh, we just got our first gold uh, album from the single that they produced and are featured on with Tech Nine and Kendrick Lamar called oh, Fragile. Right. Wow. Congratulations, man. Right now they're on tour. They're on their four fifth national tour. Um, the guys are doing great, man. They're about to put out uh, another album. They had last year. They had an album with Murs called Murs Day. Right. So, so yeah, these guys are just they're they're workhorses. The music is amazing. Um, 
And it's just I really think people should check it out. And, and once they hear the music, and if you see them live, you'll really just get it because it's just such an energetic show. So have you known Tech and the Strange Music guys for a while? I assume you have. I mean, is that kind of how that No, relation? actually, not really, man. Oh, like, really? My meeting Tech was through this situation. Again, this is my, the, you're going to see the common denominator here. My homie, Kether, one of my friends, right. he, he, he met, um, uh, he met a, a, a homie that was friends with Dave Weiner. They, uh, they passed the Mayday demo to Dave in L.A., um, then we, we, the guys, the uh, tech nine was performing, doing his tour, came to Orlando. They had Mayday go out there, open ups for them to see, for tech to see Mayday live. And then, um, shortly after that, you know, cause we were, we were really buzzing. We were in, uh, Lil Wayne put Mayday in like a couple of music videos, uh, as his band. Uh -huh. Um, we did a, a video with, uh, with, with T-Pain and we, we had a single with, um, with CeeLo, like a video, like we just did a bunch, we were, we were like a huge like campaign that, that we did for, for Mayday when they were completely indie, and Tech, you know, he saw them, and then coupled with the campaign we were doing, and he's like, I gotta have, you know, I gotta have these dudes, and, and then, you know, I met Tech through that, and Tech is just an amazing artist, Strange Music is an amazing Absolutely. label, independent yeah. label, I've learned so much from those guys over there, and those guys are another example of like what what people can do you know in the industry independently and 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 evolve because they they they're constantly evolving and changing um their blueprint of how to do things and and those guys are just killing it man Nice. Now, you're managing managing a few artists though right now. Is this all in a crazy hood or what's the like Garcia? Yeah, and... I manage um also I have a artist I've been managing for years called Garcia. He's also my my partner in the films that we do. Okay. Uh, I have another artist called Heckler. I have some producers, Hazardous Sounds, Beats in the Hood, uh, Mayday, and, you know, Recognize. So, yeah, all under the Crazy Hood banner. Gotcha. Nice. So, um, where was I going to go? I lost my train of thought. Uh, God, where was I going to go, man? I don't know. You, you jumped off in the management <laughs> hole. <laughs> I did jump off in the management hole. Where was I going, man? Fuck. Oh, my long-winded answers might have threw you <laughs> No, no, no. I, shit, man. I can't remember where it was I was going. Uh, well, what's the... Oh, I know what it, I know what it was. Uh, talk to us about the um, the the uh, Coming Home uh, series. Are you like, what's yeah, the... Yeah, so Coming Home started in... Uh, we, I went to Cuba in 2012. I decided I want to go to Cuba, kind of anticipating the opening of Cuba. I'm Cuban-American. And um, my family, you know, they, they hadn't gone back, you know, they, all the communist shit. It was like taboo to go to Cuba. And I decided I want to go back to Cuba before it opens up, before there's a fucking Taco Bell on every corner. Right. So, <laughs> That's fucked up. I got a couple friends together. Um, my boy Garcia, who went, to, he, had, he had gone to film school shortly before that. And I said, let's just go document our trip just for us. And then I met another friend who said, oh, I know a bunch of hip-hop artists out there. And I was like, oh, shit, can you introduce me to them? He's like, yeah. So I met a bunch of hip-hop artists out there. I interacted with the scene. I re we recorded music out there. We filmed the whole thing, filmed the whole trip, the experience, came back, pieced together this real amateur film, showed it to a couple people, did some like little screenings, thought it would just be something cool for the homies, for family. And it turned out that people just really loved the film, and then it got picked up by film festivals. Hmm. Won a couple small film festivals. Mind you, this is the first, my first foray at all into films. And then 
a homie of mine, you know, one of my, you know, relationships out there in the industry, he used to be at MTV, homie tells me about Puffy starting a network called Revolt TV, and this is late 2012, the Revolt TV is launching in 2013, so I give him the film, he says, yo, I think this is something, you know, something they might be interested in, and then boom, they picked it up. And by picking up that film, and also when I was showing the film, different people's reactions from from di- like people with different backgrounds were like, "Man, you you inspire me to go to my parents' homeland or right. or to trace my roots and and whatnot." So I was like, you know, wouldn't it be cool to do something like an Anthony Bourdain, mm-hmm. but instead of he yeah. does it through food, do it through hip hop culture, right? And and you know, we took the money from the first film, the licensing that revolted. I went to Peru on the second one. They licensed that one, took that money, dumped it into the next film. We went to Haiti. Mm. They licensed that one, and we went to Vietnam, which is the next one that's about to come out now. Vietnam, dude. Up. Wow. Holy cow, man. Now, e, we, we laughed and we chuckled about the, the, the Taco Bell on every corner in Cuba, but do you think with the stuff that's been lifted as far as Cuba is concerned, um, um, in regards to the U.S. government, you know, lifting embargoes and what have you, do you think that stuff is going to be repealed once uh, one of these next clowns gets into office or something? I don't think so because what the reason why there was such a stranglehold on that on those politics it has to do with with um, the local Florida politics. The, older Cubans that are here and they hold mm-hmm. that grudge against the communism and been, they've been kind of keep the, the GOP in power, at least through South Florida. And, you know, we're a big electoral state. Right. So that's, uh, that's a constituent right there. And a lot of the, the politicians would were just scared of, of them turning on, on them. So they were keeping that embargo in place. But the matter is, man, that's such an old policy. And we have, an open policy with Vietnam, who we fought a war with. Right. There's no reason to keep that policy. And, and, and it hasn't really fixed anything or changed. If, if it's doing the job, then I'd be like, yeah, okay, keep it. But it ain't doing the job, and we're just starving the people. So I think it's time to change it up. And I don't think anybody's going to reverse it. They might tweak it and make it harder on Cuba, but I, don't, I think it's going to keep going and opening more. <clears throat> That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was in kind of, uh, I guess, in relation to you know the the chat about Cuba. I thought it was interesting when uh, when you had, the, I guess it was the second episode with Fat Joe, and you kind of, um, I, I guess, not not pushed back or may, maybe pressed on him a little uh, a little about his Cuban roots, and you seem to right. kind of bring that up, you know, regularly when applicable through. The show, like what, 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 what's your? I don't like to say agenda there, but like, what's 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 the goal there? Like, with uh, you know, is is it an awareness thing, or um, is it something that you've kind of always, I guess, been disappointed in kind of lack of representation for, you know, Cubans or Cuban? I, them, what's what's the what's the story? Yeah, there? I think. Um, for Latinos in hip hop, we were all we always were finding or looking for, you know, artists or, or people that represented us within the culture. And we're always very proud of them. So going back to, to the Cold Crush Brothers, you know, with Charlie Chase, yeah. right? And you know, 
and Latinos are very proud people amongst their own, like different like countries and that's, you know different backgrounds, whether you're Colombian or Dominican or whatever. So the most prominent Latinos in hip hop have always been Puerto Ricans in New York and Mexicans mm-hmm. on the West. Yeah. And as a Cuban, it wasn't until Cypress Hill came around, which I was really proud because they're actually I was from the same area in LA. Cypress, you know, real half Mexican, half Cuban, and said dog is full Cuban. Right. So you know, I was they didn't say it. They, they way that spoke in the music, the slang that they used was Cuban slang. A lot of it. Right. So I just knew it, and then in later songs they they made. They made references to Cuba, and, and you know, as a Cuban, I was just proud. So whatever, you know, all of us were just looking for, for just that, just 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 a mention or whatever, and just you know, just that, just to give us more pride and and you know, in an artist or in the culture, just our our part and our contribution to the culture. And Fat Joe to me was always Puerto Rican, and he was one of the most prominent Latinos. We were proud of him as a Latino in hip hop. But the, but then I found out that he actually was half Cuban. But I was like, he never. I never really heard him mention it. Right. So I I didn't have any problem with it. I just always it always like bugged me. Yeah, like why didn't he ever mention it? And so I asked him on the show, and he said he did. But I was listening. He 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 really didn't <laughs> yeah. uh, represent yeah. the Cuban side. And if he did, I really didn't hear it. And and you know, it's kind of become a joke with us now when he sees me or when. When we talk, um, he kind of like takes a little jab, like "Yo, I'm Cuban, man." You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was really interesting in that interview because you could tell that it, uh, whatever you want to call it, it bothered him, or you know. You but uh, I, I really appreciated that. E like I, th- that was kind of dope. Like a, a lot of people don't do that, and, and I know, like you know, you and Nori have different roles and you know play different parts or wh- whatever, if you will, during the show. Meeks and I, you know, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I really appreciated that man because um, it, you could tell it got to him a little bit. Like it, yeah, it's, it's you know it, there was the, there was a little rise there, like you know, out of him in, in the in the interview. I, I really appreciated that man. I, I thought that was. You know, a lot of people don't take people, you know, take folks to, you know, to task like that. Or not, not to task, but, you know, I mean, it, it's easy to just, you know, lob the questions in and, you know, mail it in, if you will. But well, e, that's that's part of you being a journalist, right? You're right. You're, you're a newfound journalist, right? Exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. We don't like calling myself a journalist. I don't think <laughs> I don't. I don't really consider. I don't. I kind of do that on purpose too, because. Feel that journalists serve a kind of respect, and and what they do is like, you know, it's not easy. And we're really just trying to have fun with the artists, and and at the same time, you know, bring out some interesting stories or aspects of them that you usually wouldn't hear, but not yeah. in a journalistic way. It's just the thing with me as a person is that if I ask you something, and and you know, I just either you, you know, I feel that you're not giving me the, you know, you're not being completely working with me or just whatever i'm just naturally gonna gonna talk to you like if i was talking to my homie and i thought yeah, my homie would right, say something yeah, crazy right right, so, right right so that's just the way it was i didn't i didn't i didn't ask him that to to to, to make it awkward or anything but the way he responded i'm like in a, you know i'm just like yo dude like no nah, i'm a, i'm a hip-hop head like like i've been following everything you do you know like i listened and i never heard you mention it so so i was just giving him the, my real 
take yeah. on it. And, and then yeah. he, you know, he, he said what he said. But like I said, it, it, all, it became a joke later where he's always like, yo, e, I'm Cuban, man. Like, stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. Well, I can't front. I, I, I would have never known. I mean, obviously, I, 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 I'm the furthest thing from Latino. Uh, but uh, I, I would have never known that that uh, that Joe was was uh, was nah, half Cuban. Absolutely, you either not. Meeks. Nah, man. All right, no way. All right, no way. Do you guys remember Curious George? Oh yeah, yeah. hell yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So I, don't know if you, I, I think I've, I'm pretty sure I brought him up in the conversation because I was like, even Curious George said in a line, he goes, "I'm half." Half Castro or half Puerto Rican, half Fidel Castro, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's half Cuban, half Puerto Rican. Right, right. Yeah. Nah, you. There's, there's no Say fat Joe like lines. That. Yeah. <laughs> there's no fat Joe lines like that. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to agree with you, E, on that, man. I would have remembered that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hell yeah. That's funny. What else you got, Meeks? Man, I, I um, you have any man, other burning questions? I don't, man. I we covered so much, and um, I mean, I think I think for me, the main thing was to make sure that we 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 put a little bit of spotlight on that that album that we fell in love with last year, and uh, absolutely. Only thing I can say, man, is I'm just looking forward to more um, um, from 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 you and your crew, e whether it be the podcast or some new music or something like that. Uh, we just appreciate you, brother. Keep doing what you're doing, man. We we, yeah. we we looking out, man, for real. Yeah. You guys for having me on, man. Thank you for supporting. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we need another album, man. I mean, you, you, that that another time, man. We need a follow up to that motherfucker, man. man. Come on now. He probably can't do my best. Do my that best right. To do something, for sure. <laughs> Some kind of music project will come out in 2017 for sure. Early, That's what's not up. late. That's yeah. cool. Man. Oh, good. Early. Yeah. Okay. Hell right. yeah. All right. Cool. Looking good forward deal. to it, man. All right. So, so E, I mean, uh, uh, the world largely knows how to catch you, you know, wherever it is you may be. But if you can have the listeners, um, you know, kind of remind them where they can check you out, where they can check Nori out, whatever it is you have going on, that would be great. And, um, you yeah, know, we'll um, wrap it up like you that. You can check us out at, at Drink Champs across the board Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, drinkchamps.com. Uh, you can check Noriega at, at the real Noriega on Instagram at Noriega on Twitter. Um, for me and my company, you could go to crazyhood.com at DJ ES Twitter and at Who's Crazy on Instagram and uh, at Crazy Hood Productions on Facebook. Dope. Oh, r- real quickie, one more last quick story. So uh, the origins of Crazy Hood, like mm-hmm. where the where'd the term or the name come from? Like who 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 invented it? Why did why is it stuck for so many years? Um, Crazy Hood was my invention. Um, back in it was right out of high school, like well, last year of high school, ninety ninety two going into ninety three. Um, I knew I wanted to do something in the music realm. I knew I wanted to do something in hip hop. I wanted to contribute, at the very least, to, to the development of hip hop in my city. So when I started thinking about a company name. Um, crazy happens to be just because honestly, man, at some time points in my life, I just wasn't all there in the mind. So hmm. okay. that's where crazy comes from. Um, okay. Hood, a lot of people think it's neighborhood, but it's, we used to, you know, as a hip hop head, even in hot ass Miami, we would rock champion hoodies and the hoodies a lot. Hmm. Right. Um, in school it was really cold, like in, in our high school. So we could wear the hoodies in the school, no problem. So that was a part of a regular hip hop head's attire was a hoodie. And, you know, you, we also call ourselves like, hood, you know, hoods or hoodlums. Yeah. So that's where the hood comes in. 
And then production was just to make it sound professional. You know, we're a company, so Crazy Hood Productions. And the slogan was always, who's crazy? It being rhetorical, because we were the ones who were crazy. (laughs) 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 Dope. (laughs) I love it. All right. At DJ EFN, at Who's Crazy, at Drink Champs. And uh, stay tuned for more, right? Yes. Revolt. A lot more. I hope more so, music. Man. A lot more to come. Oh, the, 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 2017. Hurry the fuck up. Yeah, no. For yeah, we, real. Yeah, we're we're done with 2016 here, man. Yeah, 2016 <laughs> has been crazy on a number of levels. Hell yeah. I just want to get oh, past. Yeah, man. I just want to get past November 8th right now at this point. I hear like, you. Just just get get. I already voted. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? That, that's a very good point, man. I mean, you know. Look, whatever it is, just don't vote for that motherfucker Trump. That's all that really matters. Like, straight up, man. Go but out. You know and- what, man? Unfortunately, the scary part is is that there's a lot of people who are even afraid to say it who are going to vote for that motherfucker. Oh, yeah, I know. He's really upended a lot of people who normally wouldn't even vote. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's crazy. absolutely. It's yeah. crazy. Got to be. Right. Got to get out there and do what you got to do, man. Absolutely. E, hold tight with us. We're going to wrap this up. Thank you again, brother. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Southern Vanguard Radio, Mr. Eddie Meeks. Yeah, I'm here, man. What more can you say, man? I just What a great night. Just twice a week, and, and we are the Southern Vanguard, just man. Just twice a week, man. SouthernVanguard.com. You got it. Mixed shows on Tuesdays, interview sessions on Thursdays. Yeah. What are we, 93, 93 episodes 93 week, episodes, right? man. 93 yeah. till infinity. Yeah, man. 70-plus-some-odd interviews. Yeah iTunes, SoundCloud, MixCloud, Stitcher Radio. Yep. You can also check us out on ATLHipHop.com. Yeah. Um, Return of the Boom Bap, WRBB, Soul Public Radio, and RawRadio.net. I am Classic Hip Hop. You got it. Yeah. These are our sponsors, Tucker and Bloom. Yep. Lavish Stoner. And Beat Lab USA and Little Five Points Atlanta Records. Spray paint. One-stop shop for hip-hop. And beat machines. All right. Absolutely. We're out, y'all. Southern Vanguard Radio, DJ John Doe. Cappuccino Meeks. We out. Peace. Peace.